Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor Jamie Miller. In this Advent series, I do have to say about this word, I, I feel like I've got a word this morning. Um, I labored under the premise of doing a different sermon all week long. And Monday through Thursday, I was working hard. I was reading. I was, you know, just all this stuff I was going to do and just lay it on you guys. And, and I got to Thursday and I'm like, this is not flowing. I, I just, I'm, I'm done. Kim, let's go eat somewhere. I need to get a break. I need to do something different. This is not working. Got up on Friday morning. Some of you guys were praying for me. Thank you. And it just flowed out. Like, and so we're going to talk about hope today. Uh, the gift of hope. And I, I, I do think this is a word uh, for us uh, today. <clears throat> the way I want to jump into this too is just by going, you know, there's a lot of challenges to hope. Can I get a witness out there? A lot of challenges to hope. And, and I think especially as we go into the Christmas season, there's something about it just happens every year, right? That you're, you're reminded of the stuff you were dealing with the year before, or the year before, and I'm, am I still dealing with this issue, this person, these relationships, this unforgiveness, this whatever, right? And so it's, it's just so annual. And people struggle, man, with hope. People struggle uh, with, with hope. <clears throat> and I'm, uh, you know, one of my big ones is feeling alone. Uh, does anybody ever struggle with feeling alone? Uh, it's, it's irrational. That just when the pressure's on, I know there's people around. <laughs> people love me. Uh, God loves me. But in my flesh, I struggle with feeling alone sometimes. You know, and uh, or out of control. Anybody's, you know, that's a challenge to to our faith. You know, it's when we feel out of control. Uh, another challenge to hope is is not just totally being hopeless, like there's no hope at all, but just kind of have less hope than I know God wants me to have in my life. He wants me to be marked by hope. Or just another challenge to hope is being stuck in a habit that you wish you weren't in? Two or three people, probably. Just a little gentle, little amen. Um, stuck in a habit that's, that's hurting us, that's not the best thing for us. Um, maybe being deeply hurt by someone is a challenge to hope. We've been hurt, you know? That's, a, that's, a, that's another one. Uh, not feeling safe. <clears throat> Lack of safety. I think... You know, all of this stuff in the last couple of years has really been stirred up. You know, just not, not feeling safe. Maybe almost a despair in us over that. Or grieving. Grieving the loss of something, someone, some situation, the way things were. And I can't remember who said it uh, recently, but just there is something in us that needs to change from this is not the way it was. You know, that, like it's not serving us to just always be wanting the way things were before whatever, COVID or, you know, whatever. 
So it's a, it's a big deal. And I could go through a lot more, but it's a cycle. It, we get in these cycles, and the cycle is kind of like fear leads to d- trying to control things, which leads, and when we, we try to control things as people, that leads to danger in our, if I'm going to try to control you, and you're going to try to control me, then there's going to be a little bit of tension there. Because we can't control, we, it doesn't work that way. And when nations do that, it like leads to wars or strife and all that kind of stuff. And so God breaks into our cycle of fear, control, and danger. And then he breaks in and he brings uh, comfort to us. He brings safety to us. He breaks in. And, and, and I'm not just talking about... Uh, he brings safety that leads to faith that is birthed from identity and revelation in our hearts and safety, faith, and um, I'm blanking on the last, I, I had a cycle here, uh, his word that leads us to surrender. So safety, faith, and surrender is where God actually wants us living. And as the shepherd, he comes and proclaims that to us. If we ever get to a place where we have lost hope in some area, it's like we go into a dark place and we need Jesus. We need the shepherd to break in and his voice to break in. We need his light to break into our darkness and in a way that we can't, we just can't see without him. We can't see God. We can't see each other, really. We need that kind of hope breaking in. Um, so let me just define hope here for a little bit. The, the official Google definition, um, which you can't always trust. We think we can, but, but you can't always trust it. Here's the Google, just, hey, Google, what is hope? <clears throat> it's a feeling of expectation for a certain thing to happen, a feeling. Is that what hope is? And I want to suggest to us, it's, in, it's not just being positive or positive thinking. It's more than that. It's not just faking it to get through a situation. It's more than that. The Bible definition is a faith-filled expectation about the future. Okay? Faith is important. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. So faith, in a, in a way, is kind of like the foundation, and it's really connected to our hope. But faith comes, Romans ten seventeen says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing through the message of Christ. The rhema tos Christu is your uh, Greek phrase there. It's the spoken word of Christ that brings faith to our hearts that is the foundation upon which we look to the future. Not flimsy, not might be, not maybe, but the spoken, like God breaks in with his word and that's when faith comes. You could read a Bible verse 50 times, but then on the 51st time, you hear the Lord speak and it changes that Bible verse for you because it becomes like, a fresh spoken hot bread word that matters and changes our lives that faith is just comes alive because we hear that word that's how faith comes and that's what fuels life-giving hope in the future does that make sense so main thing this advent we need the gift of hope that comes to the world through jesus christ the son of god we need the gift of hope that comes to the world through Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The gift of hope in Jesus means, and I'm going to 
again, it was happening fast on Friday morning. Uh, Kim was in there. She, we were just brainstorming some ideas. And, and I was like, hang on, just pause right there. I ran and got the computer and ran into the bar. And we're just like, like good, that's good. Yes. I put all several different wrong Bible verses down. I was typing so fast and had to correct them this morning. Um, somebody informed me that Malachi didn't go to five. It only went to four. And I was like, that must be wrong. Uh, Micah. It's Micah. Micah. The Micah is the one I was talking about. Um, so, uh, and, and so we do have a little bit of a nod here to Charles Dickens because this is hope from the past in the present and for the future. So here we go. All right. The first one, hope from, hope in Jesus uh, means hope from the past. And what I mean by that is the fact that God's faithful in the past. We can look back and see God's faithful. God keeps his promises. God is faithful to the story. He's faithful to his covenant promises. We can trust God because he has uh, been faithful to bring us in, graft us into the story of Israel. It's really awesome good news. Paul highlights that in Ephesians chapter 2. He says, Gentiles, you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, foreigners to the covenants and the promises without hope. None of That's like, whew, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ, you who are far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. Isn't that good news? Yeah, it's good news. So he's faithful. A couple of weeks ago, James Albright brought a great word to us about uh, the gift of Emmanuel, God with us. And talked about how Isaiah prophesied, you know, in the midst of hard times, he prophesied about the coming Messiah, Emmanuel. The virgin will give birth to a son. And then in that very next section of Matthew, let's turn there. Matthew chapter 2. So we just talked about Emmanuel. And then the next section is the, the wise men come to visit Jesus. And they come in and they talk with Herod the king Where's the king of the Jews? The one who's born the king of the Jews. That kind of freaks Herod out, right? And so he goes and talks to the chief priests and the teachers of the law and say, where is the prophesied king going to be born? And they said, well, yeah. Look at Matthew chapter 2, verse 5. The answer to that is in Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has spoken. And this is Micah 5, 2. Um, not Malachi. <clears throat> but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And so that's the prophecy given around 700 as the Assyrians were about to invade Israel a little bit later than Isaiah. But so this prophecy is given a ruler and a shepherd of the people. Now, you know, as, as we think about what God wants to do through the story, we've been looking at the story all year long, what God wants to do and what he's going to do, it doesn't always fit our expectations. It doesn't always line up with the way we thought it was going to go, and yet God keeps his promise. Um, the things that we think are important, sometimes God doesn't think those are important. We don't always know what we need. Um, just think through the coming of Jesus. Let's just 
just kind of get in our minds the story of Jesus. Jesus comes into the world in the incarnation. He's born of a virgin. He's born into our humanity. And one of the most powerful things for me in thinking about the incarnation is it's not just God up in heaven, just up there, like doing some stuff, and then, but in a way that we can't relate to or understand. He actually, it's like, let's just say we were all trapped in a mine down, way down underneath the earth. Imagine God just being up on the surface and kind of doing some stuff. That's not how it works. He literally comes down into the mine, into the muck and the darkness and the mire with us, and he rescues us up out of the stuff, out of the junk. And so that's the incarnation. We wouldn't necessarily think that way, or we would think he's going to be a ruler Okay, let's, let's take over. But that's not the way he does it. He comes and he lives with, with us and he dies for us. So he offers then his sanctified life. He offers the expression, the response that humanity was always intended to give God. But we couldn't. So he's like, not like, he is the great mediator between God and men. He represents God to us. But praise God, he represents humanity back to God. And so John 5, 19 says, I do nothing of my own initiative. That's how God wants us living a surrendered life, just that we would abide in him. He did it perfectly. I only do what I see the Father doing. I only say what I hear the Father saying. Sometimes, you know, there's, uh, we have just different debates in culture or in the church about, you know, can you hear God or not? I mean, if you think about the life of Jesus and we're trying to follow Jesus, this is like profoundly one of the most important things about following Jesus is learning to listen. I mean, just, I don't know how you could, I, I, I don't see another way around that. I only say what I hear my father saying. He wants us to walk in this, in this way and in this path. So he offered a, a life that we couldn't offer to the Lord. I mean, praise God. This is all part of God's plan, the incarnation, the sanctified life. He died on the cross for us. And so what he did in the incarnation in joining humanity to himself, he then made effectual for all of us. Like, like we need forgiveness of sins. His blood brings about the forgiveness of our sins that was shed for us on the cross. We need... This sin factory, the problem isn't just that I sin and I need forgiveness. Praise God, he gives me that. The problem is I keep sinning. Just, just come up with new little idols and ways of sinning. It, that, and that's what we do in our flesh. And so, praise the Lord, you know, Jesus dies on the cross, not just for forgiveness of sins, but to deal with us. He takes Adam with him to the cross. He undoes what Adam did to us, to all of us, to humanity, and he takes Adam to the grave. And this is why baptism is, part of why baptism is so important for us is that we're identifying with his death and his burial. We go to the grave with Jesus. We are united with him. Uh, Romans 6, verse 6 says, for we know that our old self was crucified with Christ on the cross. I mean, talk about a great source of hope for us for deliverance from bondage and sin is that we died. And we don't, 
It's not working ourselves up into deadness and then I'm finally, finally, now I'm dead. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. It, Romans 6.6 6 comes before Romans 6.11. Romans 6.6, 6, for we know that our old self was crucified with Christ on the cross. We're united with him in death. And so Romans 6.11 says, now we count ourselves dead to sin based on this truth. And so we're united with him. In, and this is the basis of our deliverance from bondage and sin and addiction. We died with Christ. Praise the Lord. You know, there's always hope for every addiction, for every bondage. There's hope because he took us with him to the cross. I don't have to live just serving my flesh for the rest of my life. I can say no to ungodliness and passion, the worldly passions. So we died with him, but praise God, we are raised with him to new life. So this is God's incredible plan was to totally deal with all of us to raise us with him to new life. Then he is exalted to the right hand of the Father and he pours out his spirit on us. You know, it says... For we know that, that we are seated with him in the heavenly realms. So that authority that he has in the presence of God, he wants us to express in and through our own lives here. Resurrection is all about living hope. I'm going to say something about that in just a second. But um, we always have hope. We always have hope because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so then the ascension and the poured out spirit and the fact that we long for his coming again to finally and fully make things right. So we have hope from the past and what God has done in the story, but come on, we've got hope in the present right now. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Let's just read a few verses together. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy... He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Like, don't ever get tired of finding hope in the fact that Jesus is raised from the dead. This is the central, apologetic, key focal point of our entire faith. Before there was a New Testament, there were people laying down their lives because they had seen Jesus Christ raised from the dead. This is the validating, vindicating point of our faith. Amen. Um, like, wow. Like, I, I just want to, you guys can tell I'm preaching this more. I'm preaching the resurrection just about every Sunday I stand up here. Paul said, this is my gospel. Remember Jesus Christ raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel. Amen. That, that, you know, that's, that's awesome, right? Amen. Just go, go right there. That's 1 Timothy 2.8, by the way. So, sorry, mixing verses here. Here we go. Keep going. Resurrection through Jesus from, uh, of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Lord, let it sink in. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, 
who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed at the last, in the last time. In this, all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. We're going to talk more about that next week. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. That's the word of God for us. Man, just I, when I think about it, all these different things that we're talking about are challenges to our hope. Just think like we go through hard times. We go through grief and different kinds of things, but God is shielding us with faith in our hearts because he's spoken the word of God through Jesus to us of salvation and life and hope. We have an unshakable kind of hope in what he's done for us. And so we endure all kinds of, I think 30 years last week that it's just like, yeah, you know, it's a big story and it hasn't all been good. <laughs> There's been hard stuff. I've, I've had interesting conversations with people like, oh yeah, there's suffering. It, like somebody's laying down their life if things are moving forward. Does that make sense? I invite you into this. Paul says, like this is the way of following Jesus. There's a cross for us to bear. And it's not all a bummer. I mean, Part of the hope is that even through the trials that we go through, God is refining us. And in the heat of the process, even that word that Steve had for me and for us last week, that the hardest years are the best wine. You know, it's like as the heat comes up, you know, the dross in our lives, the pressure, the feeling alone stuff, all that stuff, it comes up and God wants to take that out and have us firmly and securely with our hope in Jesus. It's like Hebrews chapter 6 verse 19 which the 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 hope that we have is an anchor for our souls and that hope is in the fact that God cannot lie. It's impossible for God to lie. The promises he's made are true. Okay. Just encouraging everybody to need just a little more amens. I'm just, if there's something that sounds like it might be an amen, say it. Um, and, and, so, and so he is the great high priest. It says here, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters into the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner, Jesus, has entered on our behalf. He's become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. So Jesus comes as our priest and he is he has included us in his life in his death in his resurrection and he has included us with him as he has stepped right into the holy of holies we are included with him he is our high priest forever and we are included with him right in the presence of god talk about an anchor for the soul when you're going through trials man we are included in christ and right in face to face with the Father in the fullness of their shared love and communion in the Holy Spirit. 
That's what God's done for us. I mean, that is hope in the present right now. It's beautiful. Here's a practical challenge for us. Kim and I have been doing this uh, this last few days, and it's good. When there's, do something when you first wake up. Just something with the Lord. Just have, When you first have that first conscious thought. And so we've been doing that practice for years, just turning to the Lord. But the one we've been doing the last few days here is, Lord, fill me with your living hope today. Now, I'm telling you, that is going to change your day. I don't think you can do it. Let's, let's do it as a church for the next week and just see if it doesn't change the atmosphere as you go through your day. Lord, I'm laying there. I'm, I'm usually like this. Or I don't know how. I'm, but I'm laying there. Lord, f- fill me with your living hope. It's hard to even say it and be frumpy. You know, just say it until you're the ends of your start you know, going, going up, you know. Lord, fill me with your hope today. There is hope for us in the presence, in, in present, and part of that is about his presence, his presence being with us. And so that, let me just jump into the last one there, hope for the future, hope for the future. And what I mean by this is hope shapes the way we think, and it shapes ultimately the way we live, our habits, what we're doing. It, it's, I, it's hard for me to have that hope that's based on his faith, faith and word, and the love that he has for us, faith, hope, and love, and to not be changed, to not want to change. Um, so I'll give you a couple just verses of support here. Titus chapter 2, I'm just going to read verse 13, but 11 through 14, the grace of God that offers salvation to us has taught us to say no to ungodliness, to worldly passions. Why? We are looking forward to the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. And I mean, that's powerful right there. And then I went from there, I was just looking at 1 John just go there with me, 1 John chapter 3. And this is, this, is, this is a hope passage that I hadn't really seen quite in this way before. But look at this. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. The, lo- the Father's love lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that's what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now that we are children of God and what we will be has not yet been made known, but what we know that when Christ appears, check it out, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is, and all who have this hope in them purify themselves just as he is pure. So the hope is when we see Jesus coming again, we're going to be like you. And so that doesn't leave me just doing whatever. It changes me now by the power of the Holy Spirit. I am, the more I behold him, the more I become like him. The more I want to become like him. The more we want to become like him. The more we encourage each other to become like him as a people of God, on the mission of God, for the glory of God. And in all of this, man, it is the presence of God that he's given, and it's the presence of God that we need Colossians chapter 1, 
verse 27 says that to the nations, God has chosen to make known the mystery of the gospel, the good news, and that is Christ in you, the hope of glory. You know, so like what we need, I've been praying the last few weeks, God be pleased, Galatians 1.16, God be pleased to reveal Christ in me. Would you be pleased? Just reveal Christ in me. He's there, but I want to see him. I want you to see him. You want me to see him in you. Uh, we, I mean, talk about like you're going through a storm, the disciples out there rowing the oars and all that stuff, and they're in the storm, and what changes everything for them? The presence of Jesus Christ, the presence of the Lord. And I don't know if there's a situation that wouldn't change or be better or be helped or bring more hope or more faith or grace or whatever it is that we need by acknowledging the presence of God in our lives. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And he's not coming and going. He's got you. On that day when the Holy Spirit comes, you'll realize I'm in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in, in you. John 14, verse 20. So what we need is the presence of God. Not as a thing that's not there, but a wake-up in our own faith and life and expectation. Make sense? Okay, so let's go back to those challenges to hope that I talked about. How does Jesus meet the challenge of feeling alone? Like he does, right? You know, I, I think maybe since COVID, that's more real than ever. But Jesus came to reveal the Father. He came to reveal the love of God to us. Jesus came to uh, bring us into fellowship with God so that we would know we're not alone. And not only are we not alone, it's not even just an individual kind of salvation. It's a salvation where we're brought into community with the worldwide church. They're a worldwide multi-ethnic family. And regardless of how much you see that or don't right now this morning, that's the truth. There's one church, one worldwide multi-ethnic family, and they don't all do it the way we do it. And yet we're still family. Praise God. You know, we're not alone. And we're not even alone in Fort Worth. We've got, we've got our church family that's out in the city, right? Other congregations of people that love Jesus like you love him. Maybe don't worship the way we do or something, but it's all right. It's all right. We're, we're in this family together, and we're in this family together, just with all of our differences and stuff. So, I mean, praise God that... When I feel alone, I am not alone. You know, Christ lives in me. It's not just Christ in me, it's Christ in us. The hope of glory is, is the hope of everything being made right. So whenever something's not right, Christ in you is the hope of everything being made right, as it should be. That's what glory means, as it should be. The, the way God is, the way the kingdom is. Is this, is this, is this okay? Um, um, thank you <laughs> I got insecure all of a sudden um, um, and, and just love me don't say I shouldn't get insecure 
Um. When I feel fearful and out of control, Jesus meets the challenge, right? I mean, the, the love of God. He's given us an unshakable kingdom. Now, there's stuff in our lives that needs to get off, that needs to be broken off, the stuff that can be shaken. I remember, again, John Brown, I keep looking at the camera, um, John Brown from Georgia saying, hey, I don't want to rattle your faith. I don't want to, unless it can be rattled. You know, I, I don't want you to be shaken up unless you can be shaken. I want your faith on the foundation of Jesus where there, it's, it's unshakable. His kingdom is unshakable. So when we're feeling out of control, he's given us an unshakable kingdom. He's given us the Holy Spirit as a comfort, as a guide, as, as an advocate, as, as the advantage. For whatever situation we're walking through, whatever wisdom's needed in our work, he's given us the advantage. And, and, and we're not out of control. We're under his control if we'll say yes to him and keep saying yes. Um, you're stuck in a bad habit. And does Jesus bring hope for that bad habit? You know, I've just been preaching that. Yes. Yes, he, he, he came into our humanity. He brought an end to Adam through the cross. Put your faith in what he's done for us and you will begin to experience more freedom because of what he's done. For we know that our old self was crucified with Christ on the cross. Now count ourselves dead to sin. Battle, do warfare. It's called the mortification of the flesh so that we can be renewed in the resurrection life of Jesus. So put it off the old and put on the new. Be clothed in Christ and his kindness and above all, love. I was in Colossians 3 this morning, just chewing on that. Good stuff. Okay, here's another one. What about the challenge of being deeply hurt by someone? You know, that's a part of life. And just to let the cat out of the bag, everybody's been hurt. And everybody's been hurt by somebody in the church and I, I remember years ago, Jim standing up in the old auditorium and, and saying, I've been hurt more. I mean, he's done ministry for 50 years. You know, just, and I was like, whoa, I hadn't quite thought about it like that. But if you've been around for a while, there's been an opportunity, get a gl glory wave, yep. right. to be hurt. Yep. But here's the good news of hope right. is that Jesus came to bring forgiveness to you and to me, so that we could then in turn offer forgiveness to other people that have hurt us. And it's not optional. It's just, it's just you forgive as you've been forgiven. That's the command. That's what we pray. That's the Lord's Prayer. That's normal kingdom living is we forgive as we've been forgiven. And so, come on. There's, I mean, it's, don't, I, you know, how long do you want to, you know, it's like, Moses asking Pharaoh, when do you want the frogs to leave? And Pharaoh's like, mm, tomorrow. You don't have to wait till tomorrow to start getting free from the past today. So, amen. And another one here, another challenge is we're not feeling safe. I mean, this anchor word, Kim and I were just processing that like an anchor for the soul in the very holy of holies with Jesus himself face to face with the Father in the fullness of the Spirit. Like, that's an anchor, man. 
That, that's an anchor for my soul. In love, being pulled into that kind of love, what it does is when I feel out of control or fearful, that kind of love has a way of pushing it out. You know, fear can't stand up to the love of God. So, and, and then grieving, of course, is something that we go through in different measures, different seasons, different reasons, but we don't grieve like people who have no hope. You know, we have a different kind of perspective because we know the resurrection is real. And in the same way that we're included in his death and his life, his resurrection life, there's only one resurrected Jesus. We're included in that life. And because he's been raised, we will be raised. We always have hope for whatever situation is in front of us. Lord, even this year, help us to see that you are the answer. You are the hope that you want to bring in to us and through us. Um, yeah, and there's, there's dying and rising that's going on. We carry around death. We walk through different kinds of dying, kinds of situations to our different things in our lives. But man, praise God that the gift of hope has come to the world in the person of Jesus Christ. And um, let's just stand. Ministry team, go ahead and come up. And I, I want us to just receive for just a second, even before we respond in ministry. Uh, let's just begin to pray. And worship team, come on. Um, prayer team, come on up. And even before just we, we, we get prayer, and if you're visiting, or we do this every Sunday. We're just going to respond in the moment. But would you just begin to pray, Lord, Fill me. Fill me with living hope right now in this moment. Look to Jesus right now. Savior of the world. Son of the living God. Declared with power through the resurrection from the dead to be the true King and Lord of the world. You are the ruler, Lord. All authority has been given to you. Lord, now fill us with living hope. Fill us with living hope all around this room. Everyone is watching. Fill us with living hope. Right now, Lord. And just even as we're pausing, I just, I, I know in my own life, it's changing the atmosphere in my own heart. Lord, fill me with living hope. Fill me with living hope. Change the atmosphere here in me. Change the atmosphere, Lord, in this room. Change the atmosphere, Lord, in the city. With our brothers and sisters, our family, in the city and in the region, in the nation. Lord, we need you. Fill us with living hope. So, yeah, let's let's just let's just pray for each other a bit. Just um, if you need to receive prayer for hope, then come and get it, or get, ask somebody close by by you to pray. I mean, it'd be great if just every single person was engaged right now, praying, praying with someone, praying for someone, receiving prayer. And if one of those specific areas is a struggle, one of those things we just went through, the alone, out of control, stuck, hurt not feeling safe, grieving. Let's get prayer. And if you want to be uh, just filled up with a fresh revelation of hope, 
That's a, that's a great thing to pray for. Lord, give me a fresh revelation of hope. And, and here's the thing. If you don't know Jesus, not really, then I don't put a stake in the ground today. Come and get prayer and say, I want to follow Jesus. I want to receive Jesus, what you've done for me. I want to be alive and awake to what you've done in the gospel for me. Or maybe you've been away from the Lord. I mean, let's, let's, don't, let's don't be unclear. Let's be clear. We're going to follow Jesus. He is the hope of the world. Let's get clear about following him. Whatever your need is, guys, let's just pray. Let's just spend a few moments praying, pressing in. We love you, Lord. We need you. Would you release revelation, Lord, this morning of hope for every situation we're facing? The gift of hope is ours in Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Release it more. More in this room, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Come, Lord. Open our eyes. Meet us in this moment, God. Stir up hunger. Lord, where there's not where it's not already there, Lord. Just But we want it, Lord. Stir it up. And especially where we're weary and burdened from all this. Lord, fill us up with your hope. Meet us.